guys. Welcome back to another emergency episode of the Busted Header Podcast. Um, we're going to do a quick uh, trade deadline recap, going over the moves the Pistons made and didn't make, and then kind of quickly talking about the league as a whole. So without further ado, we'll jump in. Um, I'm Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby, of course, and I'm always going to be joined by Hal Brideus, a.k.a. Hal, a.k.a. Jake. All right, so what do you think? Of uh, the Pistons' move that kicked off the trade deadline? I Troy Weaver's not one for waiting, is he? <laughs> he's not. He he definitely he, goes he for opened, it. He opened the, the draft day trading. He opened uh, free agency. And now he kicks off. Uh, he kicked off early in-season trades as well. And he kicks off deadline day. So Not, not a patient man. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, in regards to this trade in particular, though, I, I really, I'm really kind of left like not sure how to feel about it, because like for me personally, looking at Delon Wright play, I think he's worth more than like a Kings 2024 or second rounder, and like the rest of Corey Joseph's contract and a Lakers pick that's going to be the end of the draft. Like I'm not, I, I I feel like for me personally, I think that he's worth more than that. That being said, looking at you know the other trades that were made and maybe what was available in the landscape, I don't think that there was much more that could be had. Like there definitely wasn't any first round picks sitting out there. Um, no, I mean I guess you probably won't find better than the Kings second round, maybe. Although it was all the way in twenty twenty four, but I believe that pick was unprotected, right? The twenty twenty four is unprotected, yeah. As is the so, Lakers pick. Well, the the Lakers pick is this year, but the right. King speaks later on. So, I mean, in terms of, like, individual picks, you're probably rarely going to find a better pick than a King's pick, especially if it's a couple years out there and there's who knows what the Kings could do between then. So, like, in that regard, it is, like, I like that part of the trade, and I I feel like I'm mostly okay with it. The thing that I, I know I said this on Twitter last night as well, the thing that I'm kind of hung up on was, was this, like, the trade where, we got Corey Joseph back, and Corey Joseph is going to be like the veteran point guard to kind of hold us through the rest of the season. Like, was that the reason we went with this trade over other trades? I'd just, I'd be curious to see what other moves could have been made out there because I feel like for a couple second round picks, like, I, I would imagine that Delon Wright would have a little more value than that, and that more people, if they knew that was the going price, might have jumped in there and, and given, you know, two better picks or like three picks or something like that just maybe a little bit more value well so, so let's look around the league team. here you know um first of all i think Corey joseph's contract is a huge chunk of the value um because yeah. it's not guaranteed for the net for next year right so that's it's guaranteed uh, for two uh, million two million yeah yeah two point something two point um that Lakers pick is going to look a little better since LeBron and AD are going to be out for a little while yet. So that's, you know, it's <laughs> not going to be pick 60 like you might think at first glance. It's, it's going to be, mar- it's going to be pick 50. Yeah, it's going to be like mid early or mid to early 50s. Which, which sounds bad, but then you go down the list and you say, okay, um, the Denver Nuggets traded for JaVale McGee and they get Isaiah Hartenstein and two, uh, and the Cavs get Isaiah Hartenstein and two second rounders that are from the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets second rounders might be worse than the Lakers. They're definitely worse than the Kings. Are those later on um, graphics? Those are two future ones. Not. I don't know. I, I haven't seen listed where which ones they I are. I thought yet. I remember seeing it was like but, 24 and 25 or something like that. So it's in the future, which honestly either way, the Nuggets, it's it's still, not a good thing. <laughs> I still expect the Nuggets to be yeah, good then. Same. So 
you know, so when you're trading with a contender, you're not you're going to get a contender's picks. You know, if you go to um, the 76ers wanted George Hill, mm-hmm. you know, so you get back Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two seconds for George Hill. Um, and there's some Terrence Ferguson and yeah, it got uh, really weird. <laughs> you know, there's there's a bunch of stuff in here, but the point is, it was about the same value. But these are 76ers second round picks. Those currently are worse than the Kings and the Lakers. So, you know, overall, um, I think the wild one is the Clippers picked up fucking Rajon Rondo for Lou Will and two second rounders. Yeah, you were Again, not happy about I don't that think one those earlier. Second rounders are better, but that one is ridiculous. Uh, I don't understand how Rajon Rondo is worth Lou Williams, much less Lou Will in two seconds. But um, I can answer that for you, but it was a very good move for the Hawks and an even better move for the Atlanta Strip Clubs. I put that as my biggest winner <laughs> yeah, at the trade uh, deadline. Magic City is, is partying extra hard tonight. But um, So in general, like I guess this is decent value for DeLon. Like, if they hadn't gotten two, if they'd only gotten one of those second rounders, I'd be pretty mm-hmm. pissed. Um Two is is fine. I think the Lakers pick looks bad on the surface, but I think it's actually one of the better second rounders that went out today. The Kings twenty twenty four. I mean, I just don't have any faith in the Kings to be anything other exactly. than an eighth seed at that point because I just don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So I think all in all, um, you combine the fact that you have Corey Joseph's contract and he gets to, you you know you still have the veteran to play out the rest of the season. It works for me. Um when you combine it with the fact that Delon came in for Trevor Ariza and just like you walk that all the way back to the original trades, I think it's a pretty good yeah. overall. Uh, Do you think that there would have been a better trade on the table, maybe closer to the deadline, especially as it became more and more apparent that Kyle Lowry wasn't getting traded? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I could hear you the entire way through. My microphone cable got knocked out for a second there. But, um, so, give me a sec. Let me, let me get back into this. I kind of forgot what I said and had to really... Yep. So do you think that this would have been uh, better for the Pistons if they would have waited until later in the trade deadline, especially as it became more and more apparent that Kyle Lowry wasn't getting traded? ESPN is here to tell me that something crazy has just happened. Um, or a podcast is out. <laughs> I don't think so, no. I don't I don't really know who else. Like, maybe the 76ers gives you, give you a... Um, you know, maybe they they go for him, but like I don't think their deal's any better. Um, the other thing is, I think a lot of people gave two second rounders. Um, I I don't think anybody gave them sooner than what the Pistons got. I think basically getting one this year and one uh, two mm-hmm. years from now or three years from now is about as good a distribution as you're going to get. So all in all, I think you know you didn't. I don't. I don't think they. I, I can't give it like an A grade because I don't think they like robbed anyone you know i don't think they just like blew somebody out of the water but like Mm -hmm. you got about what his his market value should have been so yep that's that's fine i guess Mm -hmm. so kind of switching gears on that how do you feel about the pistons holding on to wayne ellington through the trade deadline do you think it's more representative of 
of how little he was available or maybe how much the Pistons wanted to hold on to him uh, for the well, rest of the season. I think he was definitely available. Yeah. I think um, for the right offer, he was definitely available. But Right. I think they probably got offered, you know, some token salary and a second rounder, and they probably looked at their, you know, what they had and said, you know, if it's, again, we're, you're selling him to a contender, so if a, if it's a contender, they're like, does the 55th pick and taking on maybe an extra year of somebody's salary, you know, is that worth it? And I think they probably just said, no, none of these are worth it. And, you know, I also think we, we'd been hearing some rumors and people had been talking like, you know, beat writers had been hyping up, you know, his value a little bit, I think. And it, I think it kind of convinced everyone, including me, that maybe he had a little more value than he probably did. But, you know, I said to you on this podcast, you know, four months ago or whatever, I just didn't see a whole lot of trade value for Wayne because everyone at the beginning of the season had a chance to pick him up yeah. and they didn't. And he's, you know, he's a very known commodity. So even though he came in and, and was much hotter and played better than expected, I just don't know that anyone was like, yes, Wayne Ellington is going to save our season. Well, yeah, well, I, I think... I think you're kind of selling him short on that. He had a bad season last year with the Knicks where he could barely get into the rotation. I was surprised the Pistons even signed him, but I thought he'd been playing really, really good this year, honestly. I don't think he was going to go save any team, yeah, but he but could definitely be a, a role player on a playoff team, which is something where I was looking to see that, if there but was... But that's the thing. I, don't, I think at this point in the deadline, you're saying we need somebody who can come in and contribute to us you know, uh, multiple minutes in the playoffs, and it's like Wayne Ellington's the kind of guy you sign to eat up some regular season minutes he's not the guy you want for the playoff push and for you know actual playoffs he's going to get blown off the floor in the actual playoffs so I just think that the deadline probably wasn't going to be you know this was I think if they'd signed him for two years I think he would have more bite in the offseason than he does at the deadline interesting do you think there's any way that the Pistons buy him out um and have him get no give him the opportunity to go to a playoff team no i think i think they like what he does in the locker room i think you desperately need that shooting still um whether you want to be tanking harder or not you know i know there's people who think the pistons need to try harder to lose um and to those people i'd just like to remind them that you're playing two two-way guys like a combined 30 minutes a night <laughs> right <Yeah>. now <laughs> the pistons can't try any harder to lose um they have done but very even well then, like you, you still want to you still want to be playing with the correct process, right? You still want your guys to be playing the right way, and having Wayne on the floor, spacing the floor, you know, especially for someone like Killian. You know, if he if Killian's trying to play basketball when he comes back, and he's trying to find Josh Jackson in the corner, you know that that spacing's just not going to work the same way. So, I think yeah. there de- there's definitely just like he's gonna make another 300 grand to play out the rest of the season with the pistons and i think like that's just fine yeah i will say for the people who say that the pistons aren't trying hard enough to lose i feel like they're doing a very good job of of losing uh the problem is the the timberwolves are very good at losing (laughs) (laughs) they have had much much more practice than we have to be they are very high on experience in terms of the losing thing so god they're it just astounds me that they're at the bottom of the standings after people were like hyping them up to be a playoff contender. <laughs> well, and they they stood. I don't think they were involved in anything. They stood pat this whole deadline. Yeah, which is very I, unlike them. They were supposedly in for the Aaron Gordon one, but it's yeah, not he, like... he would have made a lot of sense for them. But I don't know that they wanted D'Angelo Russell back, and I think that was kind of the obvious 
fit. Yep. So, anyways, this feels like a good time to transition into the broader NBA trade deadline as a whole. Um, who would you say was the biggest winner at the trade deadline here? Probably the Nuggets. Okay. Um, the Nuggets and the Heat are probably the two that come to mind, but I think well, for the, you got to pick one. Well, Nuggets, Heat, and Bulls probably, but for the Nuggets, you get you know a desperately needed. Um, well, you get a rotational big in JaVale McGee, which is kind of a meme, but mm-hmm. and I think they gave up too much for him, frankly. But you need that backup big, and then you get the guy that is like you desperately needed a, a real wing stopper if you're going to get through the playoffs, and mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon can be that. So yeah, and I really like Aaron Gordon kind of in the future as well on that team. I really like kind of the talent they've assembled there. So and as long as as long as he doesn't try too hard to be a star, and it's like as long as he buys into that Nuggets system of just like very unselfish stuff around Jokic, like he's going to get so many lobs and so many cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so as long as he just plays within himself, plays defense, and then just you know does the little things on offense, you know he's going to look really good on that team. Yep. Um, but I think they desperately needed that. Uh, I joked on Twitter earlier, you know they gave up uh, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and another first-round pick just to get back the guy that Jeremy Grant could have been if they'd promised him that role. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of... it. <laughs> if anything, that tells you like how much Jeremy Grant is worth in the trade market right now, that like you get a good role player, a good rookie... Well, I shouldn't say a good rookie, but a rookie and a first-round pick. Well, that's a that's an upset Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant. That's that's a that's so, a Jeremy Grant who wants out, <laughs> and has right, been injured as well. Right. So. so like that's the absolute floor of what you could ask for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's the bare minimum of what we needed to get. So, obviously. so that's a nice little piece of perspective there. Yeah. I think like that was just something they desperately needed. They had a bigger hole to fill than I think anyone else. Um, you know, there's a couple other teams that made good moves, but I don't think any of them were moves of necessity quite the way this was. So mm-hmm. good on uh, good on the Nuggets. For me personally. I would say the Nuggets would probably be... It was like a 1A, 1B. The Nuggets for me were 1B. 1A was the Heat just absolutely just bamboozling the Rockets to get Oladipo. Like, <laughs> they got Victor Oladipo, who is a... Who, I mean, you could say what you know what he should get in the open market in terms of a contract and how good he still is, but he's still a bona fide, like, great player. And he's someone who could play, I think, really well next to Jimmy Butler, uh, kind of fit into that rotation with... Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and everyone else so I was very excited and the fact that they got him for Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley in a pick swap like they didn't even commit any like full picks to this was that was just unbelievable to me I don't know what well yeah Rockets are definitely the biggest losers yeah I don't know what (laughs) they were doing the the fact that the Rockets took Oladipo uh, instead of Karis LeVert because they thought Oladipo would have more value to them. And then <laughs> yeah. Oladipo was like, this team sucks, I'm not going to try. It was, and it was LeVert, like and, LeVert and uh, what's-his-face too, isn't, wasn't it? Or I forget exactly how all that deal went down, but like they could have had Karis LeVert and uh, Jared Allen as well. I don't know if Jared Allen was part of that or not. I forget I how that, exactly that deal was but, like, so weird. They basically picked Oladipo over LeVert. And yeah. that's that was hilarious. Uh, worked <laughs> out because the Indiana doctors found Levert's liver issue or kidney issue, whatever it was, yeah. and 
So, and Karras just burned the crap out of Detroit last night. Mm-hmm. So that hurts. Um, but yeah, th- it, that's bad. I mean, Tillman Fertitta is gonna like burn in hell for what he's done to the Rockets. Yeah, <laughs> it's embarrassing. The way he just absolutely rear-ended that entire franchise is brutal. The city of but, Houston uh, does not have much in terms of sports. Not that the Pistons have any room to talk, but still. Oof. Right. And don't forget that the Heat also picked up Bielitsa, who has been oh. shooting like crap for the Kings, but they picked up Nemanja Bielitsa for Harkless and, uh, is it Chris Silva? Chris Silva, De yeah. Silva? I missed that one, yeah. Chris Silva. So, like, just a nice swap that gets them a player that can, you know, replace Kelly Olynyk. Um, Bielitz has not had a good year this year. He is almost 33, mm-hmm. but you're getting a guy who has historically been closer to 40% from deep and, you know, just a good overall 15 minute a night role player. So pretty, pretty good week for the heat i mm-hmm. i am gonna be interested to see if oladipo has been you know kind of holding out on the rockets and you know is gonna lock in now or if he is really more injured than we thought you know he he's still not yet looked like oladipo so not yet but i mean if there's any place that's gonna get the most out of him it's gonna be miami so well i, yeah. I fully expect them to kind of turn around i do gotta say the other the other like series of moves that I like for a bunch of different teams was pretty much everyone involved in the like Orlando Magic fire sale. Like I like <laughs> yeah. that for especially the Bulls. We already talked about the Nuggets, but the Bulls got Vucevic, uh, yeah, which that was a great one. And didn't they get Daniel Tice as well? Yeah, they pulled uh, the Bulls. They, did they work. Got... They they might have had the best day of everyone because they got. Yeah. They got Tice and they got uh, Troy Brown from the Warrior from the Wizards, who yep. is, I I I just don't know what to l- think of him. Like he just, he uh, he's such a frustrating player to watch, but you can see the talent there. So maybe the Bulls can find right. something for and, him. And they gave up Chandler Hutchinson, who just completely didn't work for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Gafford is for Mo Wagner's a weird swap. I like Gafford better, but yeah. Um, I think Wagner gives them a more like-for-like backup mm-hmm. at center. So, um, you know, they get uh, Vooch for, I think that's a kind of a steep price, to be honest with you. Um, it was a steep for a team that was going into a fire sale, but I wouldn't say it. Two unprotected first-round picks. Uh I like Wendell Carter Jr. I would have put a late first round value on Wendell Carter Jr. Otto is not of any value at this point. He's he's salary no, filler, but he's, like, he that's just a, a little steeper than I'd go for Vooch. I'm not a huge Vooch guy. Um, I think for what he can bring to that team will be useful. Like him and Levine like, will be the interesting. The Bulls together. are going to be really fun on offense. I just don't think they're going to be that competitive defensively still. Yeah. So it'll be interesting um, to see, but. I think in in general, I just like that move. I think I like getting someone like Vucevic, who, I mean, obviously they're not. I don't think sold long term on Levine and Vooch. Like it's definitely going to be in that mid term thing. Uh, but I I still like their potential together, and I'm curious to see what they can. Wait, well, it what is, they can it, do. and it is nice. Like they saw that Zach Levine is really good, and they decided that they're going to like just maximize the window. And if they spend a couple of years in the future as like a three seed, 
Yeah. And, you know, they're probably not the most threatening three seed, but maybe that's what you can peek out as. Like, okay, fine, that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then you know. the, what was it, the Celtics got Evan Fournier, which is a... like Fournier for two seconds was actually shocking. Yeah. Eh, I don't know, I felt like it was appropriate value. I don't, I don't know what... What is his contract situation? I think he's a... I think this is his final contract, I want to say. Maybe that's why. It's just that he was an expiring. Yep. So, yeah, it was definitely lower um, than we do expect, but they, it works out well because that... Not, co- not the sexiest use of that uh, trade. No, it was not the Aaron Gordon that I think people wanted, but I think it works pretty good. Getting rid of Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was a little bit... With Kemba back, wasn't the biggest need there. And with Marcus Smart, I think, is back healthy or coming back soon. Um, so they did have kind yeah. of a glut of point guards. Um, so, but I like what Fournier, Fournier can bring to the to the Celtics. It's a it's, yeah, it's a move. interesting. A lot of people are like, "Oh, is Fournier going to be like? Is he even going to close for them?" And it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. They just got like Fournier will be a sixth man of the year. Candidate. Exactly. Like it's a great, um, you know, it's a great. He, he won't train. be. He won't win it because it's too late in the year. But like, you'll get sixteen points off your mm-hmm. bench every game. That's great. Yep. So overall, I, I really didn't like that one for the Celtics. I think Celtics fans would maybe be a little bit remiss of it, but I think it's a I think it's a pretty good steal for them. And then, can we talk about the the Raptors and Trailblazers, the Norman Powell for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood trade? Because I it's I've been weird. back and forth in that one. I'm like, I really like this for the Raptors because they I, really like I, like I really like Gary Trent Jr. Teams. But Norman Powell is probably the better player right now, and will be better for the for like the trailblazers i just keep going back and forth on it i just it's weird for the right it, it feels like one of those things where like the raptors were like we're in fire sale mode we'll, we'll move norm and then yeah well you didn't actually move kyle lowry so maybe you aren't in his fire sale mode as you thought because well, like norm's easily the best player in that trade for what i saw they wanted the lot for lowry who was going to be a rental it was like the right. offer that I heard so from that's, the that's just weird. Is weird, you know. And like Portland gave up some of their size, which they kind of desperately need. But at the same time, I look at it and I'm like, Powell can play alongside Dame. He can play alongside CJ. He can play a little bit alongside both of mm-hmm. them. They've really never had that third guard and that third scorer, and now they do. Yep. Um, so I really like that for them. There's they're definitely gonna miss that extra length, but you know. I don't really know what the Raptors are going to do with this. I didn't think they needed it, but it's not like they got two bad players either. I just, yep. it's interesting. I, Powell's been an institution there for like six years now. Yeah, so. he has been there for a minute. Any other trades you want to talk about? J.J. Redick to the Mavs, Marquise Chris to the Spurs, and these like lower-end ones. George Hill to the 76ers. No, I don't think there's anything crazy in here. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a... It started out hot with all the magic stuff, then it kind of ended up being a little bit ho-hum, except for the Oladipo getting moved again thing. Yep. I think I think that's about it. Yep. Um, but as a whole, Atlanta Strip Clubs, they are just... Aldridge is already going to get winning. bought out. Dr- Andre Drummond's about to get bought oh, yeah. out. Look. Any other interesting buyout candidates you can think of? Uh, I mean, not really off the top of my head. I feel like I don't... I feel like I don't spend a lot of time like trying to figure out who is going to be the buyout candidate or no. not. It just, as I'm always surprised about it. Aldridge sounds like it's uh, being bought out and probably going to go to Miami, which... <laughs> I mean, good luck to the Heat because if the Spurs weren't getting anything out of him, I don't know how much the Heat are going to get, but... 
I mean, Andre is probably going to be the biggest yeah, well, trade uh, or uh, buyout guy left. I can't imagine anyone else be bigger than him on the market. So I'm excited to see where he ends up. I hope it's LA. Yeah. I want him to play with LeBron once. That would be disgusting. <laughs> LeBron, AD, and Drummond. And he would actually be really useful for them right now with obviously no one yeah. being healthy. Like, he's he's got a lot of experience being the like only like above average player on the court. So him and KCP reunited again. All right. Anything left for the emergency nope, pod? I think that should be about it. We'll be back. I don't know All if right. we're going to be back uh, this Tuesday, but definitely in the near future again. Another pod. Well, it's, uh, the other the other bit of news we got, it sounds like Hami might play. Yeah, soon. I think I saw that he was going to, I thought, play the next game. Maybe I read that wrong. Yeah, uh, James Edwards just uh, tweeted at like 7 o'clock on uh, this Thursday that uh, I think he's been upgraded to probable for, is it tomorrow's game? So Yeah, we play tomorrow we against the Nets. We may very well see him debut. Yeah. So, I guess we'll see. Against Blake Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the Piston, Pistons' first game against Blake, which is back in Detroit as well. Yep. All right, so hopefully we will see people next All week. Right, sounds good. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.